Well, good morning again, friends. Welcome to uh, Cornerstone, our 930 service. So glad that you are here today. If we have not met, uh, my name is David, and I serve as a senior pastor here. And if you are a first-time guest, thanks for being here. Uh, thanks for giving me the chance to, to share with you. If you have your bulletin, I want to encourage you to grab that, turn it over to the back of that. You'll see the message page uh, that I want to lift to your attention today. Uh, I would also love for everyone to have a writing utensil. So if you'll, uh, there's, uh, there's some in the seat pockets in front of you, or you may have brought one. I'd love for you to have something uh, to, because I'm going to ask you to write just a few things down today uh, as we wrap up uh, this final series, or the final message of this series uh, called Family Meeting. Uh, if you've been here any of the last uh, five weeks, uh, we have started with a statement, uh, an idea about what it means to be a great family. Uh, here's, here's what it is, that great families are those who establish value pursue shared vision, and help one another maintain healthy direction. And I got to tell you, one of the reasons that I share things like this with you and repeat them over and over again is, is because I hope that you will bring me gifts. Uh, so last night, I'm walking into worship and someone said, hey, I have something for you. And they had made me this, which has this statement on it, uh, which I really appreciate. This will, this will go in my office or maybe at the house, I'm not sure. But here's what I love even more than that. Uh, she shared it with me and she said, I made one for us, for our family, because this is something we want to remember, uh, that we want to be a great family that establishes values, pursues shared vision, and, and helps one another maintain healthy direction. And, and so we've claimed that as our family mission statement, she said, and I, I just love that. Uh, but this is what we want to do together. The, the purpose of these last five weeks has been about all of us together having one big family meeting to remind ourselves, what do we value? What is our vision? How are we going to help one another maintain healthy direction? And over the course of the six weeks of, of messages that, that you've heard, we've really focused on vision and the vision that we have for our church family. If you've been a part of the small group study that we put together that's kind of a supplement for this series, you have been looking at values, five values that we are encouraging you to live out in your small group, but also five values that we share together as a family of faith. And since I know not everyone has been going through that small group curriculum, what I wanted to do, in the, uh, before we kind of dive into this last message, I want to share with you briefly what those five values are. You'll hear more about them in the future, but I just want to touch on them real quick uh, as we begin today. So the first value is this, that shared lives lead to change lives. And you'll see on the back of your message page, if you want to write these down, uh, there's a space for you can, you can do that. So shared lives lead to change lives. In other words, we believe that significant change is always anchored in significant relationship. If you are currently not a part of a group that meets outside of the worship time, you're not a part of a Sunday school class or a small group, and maybe you're just sitting there and you're thinking, eventually David will stop talking about that. I'm just going to wait him out, you know, because I don't want to do that whole group thing. Well, you're going to be disappointed because this is a value that we want to live into. Last week we talked about that the Christian life is a planted life, that you will grow and be enriched when you plant your lives with others, share life with others, the best version of you which we're all looking for that. We're all looking for that best version of you. It requires the investment of more than you. This is one of the values that we seek to live out as a church together. The second one is that everyone has a next step. There are no finished products here today. There haven't been any here in the previous services. There won't be any here at 11. We are not finished products. We are all people who are seeking to grow in deeper love with God, love with others, and service to the world. 
And that is an ongoing journey in our life. We all have a next step in our life. One of the things that people sometimes say to me at the end of a message is, how did you know? How did you know that I was struggling with that in my life? How did you know that, that I needed to hear that? Have you been stalking me on Facebook? What did you, how did you know? And what I often remind people uh, uh, in, in response to that is that, I know this may sound crazy, but, but I'm actually a human being too. And, and, and I have the same struggles. I, I, I am sharing this journey with you. And, and we all have next steps along the way. Now, here's what that means. This is really, really important. What it means for us as a family is, is it doesn't matter as much where you are on the journey as where you are heading on that journey. The, the, the most important thing is the trajectory of your life rather than the destination you find yourself at today. So you may be at step zero as far as you're concerned. You, you may not really understand what's in this book, but you're here, and, and you're here, I assume, because you have some sense of curiosity or openness to maybe this has something to say to my life. That defines a direction. Wherever you are on that journey, we expect that people are in all different places, but we come together to head in a particular direction, believing that all of us, all of us have have next steps along the way. The third idea is that followers of Jesus help others follow Jesus. And this is important because we often think of this in a very different way. We think some followers of Jesus help others follow Jesus. That's kind of how we, we think like, okay, the professional Christians do that. Those who can recite all the books of the Bible, you know, those are the ones who can help others follow Jesus. But, but put these two, two things together. Everyone has a next step. And yet, at every point along the way, all of us also have opportunities to help others follow Jesus. And that is often not what we fear it's going to be. That is often, it's not questions that need, you, that, that need your answer. That's what you're afraid of, right? Like someone's going to ask you the question and you're going to, oh my gosh, I don't know. I don't have the pastor on speed dial. What am I going to do? It's less about answering questions. It is often the opportunities that arise for us to sincerely share life with other people. It's the opportunity to, to go next door and talk to the neighbor. It's the opportunity to, when you see that coworker who has a need, like walk across the room and say, can I help you? Because you believe that as a follower of Jesus, you're called to to love and, and share your life with others. That's often the opportunities that, that come our way every single day. And followers of Jesus have an openness, an awareness that God's going to open doors and create opportunities for me to simply, sincerely share my life with others. The fourth value is that serving Jesus means serving others. And if you have been to starting point or you're thinking about coming to starting point, thinking about making a membership commitment saying, hey, this is my church family. This is what I want to call home. Here's a preview. Here's something I share at every starting point. If this value does not make sense to you, if this value, you look at that and you're like, I'm not sure. You know, I don't know about serving others. This church will annoy you. It's probably, I say this with grace, it's probably not the church for you. Because this is one of the values that we live into. 
We believe that loving God and loving others are activities that, that complement one another. That as you grow in deeper love with God, you are naturally drawn into deeper love and service to others. And if you are not, there's something wrong with your understanding of the Christian faith. That's how we would say it. It's that important. Uh, that, that we believe that serving Jesus, it means serving others. We gather here to express our love for God, but there's an expectation of what happens when those doors open and you leave. That you leave out of a sense of not only renewed love for God, but love that sends you into relationship with your neighbors. Last value is this, that living like Jesus means living generously. Now some of you haven't gotten this far in the small group, so this is kind of a spoiler alert, but living like Jesus means living generously. And what that means what that means is that one of the clearest expressions of your commitment to Jesus is your commitment to generosity. Now don't get nervous. We're not passing the plate again. Okay, that's not, it's not, where, it's not where I'm going. Because generosity is more than that. Generosity is about a generosity of your entire life. There's a generosity of time. There's a generosity of attention. There's a, there's a generosity of compassion and grace and love that we are called to exhibit. It, it, it's more than how we, we share our financial resources, though it's never less than that, because often that is the place where we struggle. And yet there is such freedom on the other side of that. When we live generously, we uh, get to connect to the heart of God. For God so loved the world that he gave, you are never more like Jesus. You are never more like God than when you give of yourself, of your resources to others. So here's what we're going to do to finish this series. That's what we're doing today. We are finishing this series. If you have your Bible, turn to Ephesians chapter 3. And if you didn't bring your Bible today, there is a blue Bible in the seat pocket in front of you. You will find Ephesians 3 on page 1817. And as you're finding that, let me tell you just a few words about what I'm going to read to you. This is the Apostle Paul writing to the church at Ephesus. Uh, Paul had spent three years uh, in Ephesus, preaching, teaching, helping form and shape this church. So this letter that Paul writes to them after that fact, this is a letter that Paul writes to people that he knew really well. This is a letter that he writes to people that he, that he cared about, that he'd invested in. He had, he'd seen this community grow. And, and in where we are in the, in the letter, Paul's kind of at the halfway point, and what I'm going to read you kind of comes as an interruption to what he is teaching them and reminding them. So it's almost as if Paul got halfway through this letter, and he, and he stopped and, and, and decided, I, I, wanna, I need to tell him something. I need to tell him something else. It's kind of off subject a little bit, but what Paul shares with them is the prayer that he's been praying for them. So he's been teaching them, he's telling them some things that they need to know, but, but in the middle of, of this, Ephesians 3, verse 14, he stops and, and, he, and he shares with them his prayer for them. Again, people he loved, people he'd cared about. And so I want you today to, to listen to these words from the Apostle Paul, listen to what he prays for, for this community of faith. Verse 14, for this reason, Paul says, I kneel before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. And I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, 
so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. I want you to hear again, a great family, a great family establishes values. A great family pursues a shared vision. A great family helps one another. A great family is invested in one another, helping them maintain the direction in their life. But the mark of a great family, the thing that we see come out of that, that, we, that when we see it, we know it is an expression of the family that that, that that person came from, are the men and women who are formed and shaped within that family. I mean, you've met people like this, right? People who you just, you, you are impressed with their depth of character and love, and you cannot help but think, They've had people in their life who have helped them learn how to live in that way. They are the product of a great family. Hear this, hear this. That what we do together, everything that we do together, the mark of whether or not we are in fact a great family will be the men and women who are formed and shaped in this community who not only bless brothers and sisters who are a part of that family, but when they go out into the world, they'll be surrounded by people who will think, wow, those people come from a great family. Listen listen to what Richard Foster says. The desperate need today is not for a greater number of intelligent people or gifted people, but for deep people. The desperate need of our world today is not for a greater number of intelligent people or gifted people, but for deep people. People of deep faith and integrity and character. People of deep love and compassion and grace, people who share that from a well that has been filled with the love and grace and mercy of Jesus, and who as a response share that with the world. That is the deep, desperate need of our world. And what I want you to think about is that this desperate need that our world has is what the church seeks to fill with you and the life that you live and the person that you are in the context of your own family, the life you live and the person that you are in the context of your work relationships, the life you live and the person that you are in the context of your neighborhood or cul-de-sac, the person that you are, the life that you live with the people that you encounter each and every day, that 
is how Jesus meets the brokenness of our world and the deep need of our world with people, with people who have been formed and shaped because of their participation and involvement in a great family. People who are not driven by fear, but people who are driven by faith. And that's what we do together. That's what our life is all about. of Helping form and shape the people of depth and character that our world so desperately needs. Here's what, here's what Paul prays for, for these people. And you've probably asked people to pray for you before. I mean, you were young once and you, and you prayed, Lord, help me on this test. And God said, you should have studied. You know, that was God's response to you. But you've, you've, you've asked for prayer for things. You've had needs in your life. I don't know if you ever asked for these things, but this is what Paul prays for them, that they would have in increasing measure power, love, and maturity, specifically power, that they would understand this power comes from the Holy Spirit within them. That, that they would understand that the love that, that Paul prays they would receive in increasing measure is love that comes from God. It does not originate in us, it originates in God. Those who love others have experienced the love of God, the scriptures say, and maturity that looks like Jesus. This is what Paul prays for them. That they would be a great family who would create people, produce people, great people who had in increasing measure power from the Holy Spirit. Love that grows uh, out of that well that is filled with the love of God and maturity that looks like Jesus. So here's how we together as a family, here's how we're going to finish this series. We're going to finish this series by doing what Paul did for the church at Ephesus. We're going to pray for power and for love and for maturity for some people that you share life with. So if you look at your message page, underneath the five values, you will see listed there right in the middle, five names. And what I want to invite you to do, this is why you need something to write with, I want you to write down the names of five people who are not a part of your immediate family, but are a part of your family of faith. These are brothers and sisters that you share life with. These are people who maybe you, uh, you, you may know them because they always sit in the same place and they sit next to you on, 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 uh, on Sunday morning when you come to church. Someone said to me last night, uh, on Saturday night as we were going through this, he said, I, I will confess to you, I wrote down on my paper the guy who's sitting down the pew for me. I said, that's fine, that's great. I want you to write down five names. I've written down the names of, five, the, uh, of the guys who are in my small group. Uh, So that may be what you want to do. Write down the people who are in your small group. But write down those names real quick. And in just a second, we're going to pray for those names that you have written down. So seriously, you're looking at me like I'm joking. No, grab a pen, write down some names. I want you to do that real quick. And then what we're going to do is we together are going to pray for the names that you have listed.
All right, if you have three or four listed, let me give you some suggestions of who you can add to your list. Uh, y'all heard earlier that Dylan and Larissa got engaged. And I know, some, and I know what some of you were thinking. Some of you were thinking, I didn't even know they could drive a car. And, and they're, <laughs> it's okay, that's all right. I mean, I know you were thinking it, so you can pray for them. Pray for Dylan and Larissa uh, and their new life that's gonna, that, that they're beginning together. That's, that's awesome. We're so excited uh, for them. So you can, add, you can add their names if you're, if you're looking for a few more names. Now, here's what we're going to do. I said we were all going to pray together, okay? So for some of you, I, we're, we're just going to claim this. This is going to feel a little bit weird, okay? It's okay. It's okay. One of my dreams, one of my dreams is that the people who call this place home would not only be people who believe in prayer. I know you believe in prayer but also that you would have the confidence to pray. To pray not only for the needs in your own life, but the confidence to pray for the needs of others in their life. And maybe even to be so bold ah, to pray with them for the needs that they have in their life. I went to a church a couple years ago just visiting, just to see what they were doing. One of the things that impressed me so much, at the end of the service, the pastor said, if you'd like someone to come pray with, uh, you'd like someone to pray with you, you can come here to the front and someone will pray with you. And you've heard that here, right? Like we, we say that. Uh, we say, you know, there's a pastor here. Well, here's what happened. When he finished the sermon, about 75 people lined up at the front of the altar and they were there to pray with people. And I went, Wow. This is a church that believes in prayer. Now, some of you are thinking, oh, David, please don't do that. That scares me. (laughs) But we are people who believe in prayer, and so we're going to pray together. And here's what we're going to do. If you look down at the bottom of your message page, you will see Ephesians uh, 3, 14 through 19 listed out there with some blanks for you to put in there the names of the people that you have written down. And we together are going to read through this out loud And we're going to pray for the people that you have listed. And we're going to practice first, okay? So you'll feel more comfortable. So we're going to practice on some people. Uh, Let me tell you who we're going to practice on. Uh, We're going to practice on some people that some of you may know. Uh, Their names are Justin and Kristen. Uh, Kristen went in the hospital about 30 days ago uh, with some issues, had no idea what was going on, very quickly found out that she had leukemia. She's been in the hospital since then. Uh, she's gone through two rounds of chemotherapy. They're wait, uh, waiting for uh, a test to see if that is in remission. But that's what their life has been like for the last 30 days. Uh, Kristen's in, in her late 30s. She's got two young kids. You can imagine life has been turned upside down for them. So we're going to practice on them. So if you're a guy here today, you're going to pray for Justin. Okay, that's the name that you're going to say when we get to the blank. Uh, ladies, you're going you're to pray for Kristen. And we're going to pray this prayer for them. This is what we're going to practice. And then we'll go back through it with the names that you have listed. Okay? It's going to be okay. Everyone's going to be fine. Here we go. You ready? Let's pray this together. Today I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. Today I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen Justin with power through his spirit, in Justin's inner being, so that Christ may dwell in Justin's heart through faith. And I pray that Justin, being rooted and established in love, may have power, together with all the Lord's holy people, to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that Justin may be filled to the measure 
of all the fullness of God. Amen. Now I want you to take the first name that you have listed there, and you say that name when we get to that part. You ready? Today I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. Today I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen Eric with power through his spirit in Eric's inner being, so that Christ may dwell in Eric's heart through faith. And I pray that Eric, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that Eric may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Amen. Grab that second name. Today I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. Today I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen Stacy with power through his spirit in Stacy's inner being, so that Christ may dwell in Stacy's heart through faith. And I pray that Stacy, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that Stacy may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Amen. Third name. Today I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. Today I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen Keith with power through his spirit in Keith's inner being, so that Christ may dwell in Keith's heart through faith. And I pray that Keith, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that Keith may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Amen. Fourth name. Today I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen Tom with power through his spirit in Tom's inner being, so that Christ may dwell in Tom's heart through faith. And I pray that Tom being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge that Tom may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Amen. Fifth name. Today I kneel before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. Today I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen Justin with power through his spirit in Justin's inner being, so that Christ may dwell in Justin's heart through faith. And I pray that Justin, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, 
and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that Justin may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Amen. Now let me close with this. I know that what I just asked you to do was uncomfortable for some of you. You may have never prayed out loud before. But here's what I want you to think about. Over the course of this weekend, in this space, over 10,000 names are going to be lifted to God. 10,000 names are going to be lifted to God in prayer that God would bless them in increasing measure with power and love and maturity. And I just couldn't think of a better way to end this series than with the lifting of 10,000 names and the people of God coming together to pray that God would not only help us and enable us to be a great family, but that this would be a place that produces great people. Let me close with a word of prayer for us. Lord Jesus, we trust you. We trust you with our life. This church belongs to you. This family belongs to you. These names that we have lifted each and every life, each and every heart, they belong to you. And we pray, Lord, that you would help us you would guide us to be the kind of people who would be faithful to one another, to invest, to share, to help, to pray, not only for our own lives, Lord, but for these, our brothers and sisters who we have named before you today. God, grow us as your people to become the men and women that you have called us to be the ones, Lord, who will be ready and willing to meet our world's deepest and most desperate need. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.